We continue on a series today uh, called The Power of Focus, and I want to invite you to take a look at the screen and just look at that phrase, the power of focus. There is power in focus. There is power in the ability of focus. If uh, you are a college student and you are studying, you know there's power in focus, and we also know there is a lack of power when we're distracted, when we're fuzzy, when we're hazy, when uh, we're not on point. And hopefully we've all experienced what it means to be focused and, and felt like that in our lives. Um, and, you know, I've become convinced that our ability to focus is one of the most valuable abilities that a person can develop. It's, it's a, a, a muscle of the brain, if you will, uh, metaphorically speaking, that allows us to uh, be able to uh, hone in on something and hold that and maintain that for a period of time. I also believe that the ability to focus is more difficult today than it ever has been in any society. Uh, whether that's resisting the temptation to text and drive, whether it's listening intently to another person in your life, maybe a spouse or family member or a friend, or whether it's praying to Jesus, uh, focus can be hard and it can be very much of a challenge. And that is why I think it's just important for us to have a series like this to help us to acknowledge that and to say, God, how do we live our lives uh, to where we can be a focused people? Because God is calling each of us to be focused persons. He wants you to be focused. The distracted life is not the life that Jesus intends for us. Now, we get distracted a lot, but, but God doesn't want us just to, to live our entire lives just doing many things and never really settling in or remembering who we are and what God has called us to be about. So... I threw out a couple of self-made definitions of focus. Uh, you won't find this in any dictionary other than the dictionary of uh, Bailey. So, if, you know, if you like this, if, if the shoe fits, wear it. But uh, what is focus? Well, one definition is focus is looking at or thinking about one thing for a period of time. Looking at or thinking about one thing for a period of time. In reality, the definition of focus is uh, to be able to have one thing in mind. Um, another definition is the part of one's visual field that is the clearest. So if you're looking at something, then everything ar around it is a little fuzzy. It's either in the background or it's in the periphery, okay? But when you're focused on something, uh, that is what you are looking at. It's uh, the clearest part of where you're at. And so that's kind of where, I don't know it's where you get the phrase, but it's, it's important to understand what are we really clear about in our life? What are you clear about? Who, are you clear about who you are? Are you clear about what God wants you to do in your life? Are you, do you have clarity? Are you a focused person? If you're like me, you'll say, well, sometimes I'm focused and sometimes I'm not. Sometimes it's hard. Last week, we looked at Jesus's ability in the midst of many responsibilities in the midst of healing and casting out demons and preaching the word of God, Jesus focused on his heavenly father and he focused on his own mission. 
There were people all around him who wanted a piece of his time, who wanted a piece of his attention, and Jesus would make a regular habit of getting away from the demands of the world and the demands of other people, and he would go to a desolate place and he would pray. And in that time of prayer, he would remember and discover and rediscover who he is, what God called him to be about. And if Jesus had to do that in the midst of his life, then we probably need to do that in the midst of our lives as well. Have rhythms in our lives where we just get away from the voices of the world so that we can make room to hear the voice of God on our lives. We ask the question about whether we actually do this in our life. And I challenged you to find ways to do this, to get away. As, as awkward or as uncomfortable as it might be, find ways to get away regularly. There should be some kind of daily rhythm in your life where you can carve out time for God. There might be a, a good weekly rhythm or even a seasonal rhythm in your life where you could spend even a day or a couple of days uh, on retreat and uh, listening to the voice of God, depending on where you're at, what phase of life you're in, and, and all kinds of other situations. Uh, today, I want to build on that foundation. And so I want to read uh, from a scripture that I've actually read several times over the last few weeks, but I want to dig in to this scripture a little deeper today. And it comes from the book of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. And... Um, it's a story of two women by the name of Martha and Mary. So hear the word of the Lord, Luke 10, 38. It says, As they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. As she, and she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. So we've looked at this story a few times in the past, but let's go a little deeper here uh, today. First of all, uh, a lot of times people read this story and they think that immediately this story is about doing versus being. And that Jesus is calling us to, to not do, but, but just to be. And that's really not what I think the main point of this story is because we're all called to do something. Martha's in the kitchen. The kitchen is a holy place. Amen? Can we get an amen on the kitchen being a holy place? Right? None of us would be here if there wasn't a kitchen. Okay? You take that kitchen away for a few days and we'll get, we're all going to get cranky. Kitchen's a holy place. And so Jesus isn't just saying get out of the kitchen and, 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 and quit, doing so, you know, quit doing things and, and come listen to what I have to say. There's more going on here than that. It's primarily about Jesus welcoming people to be his disciples who previously were thought of as unqualified. Unqualified to sit at Jesus' feet. By sitting at Jesus' feet, 
by being in the very room, Mary is breaking some serious social rules. In first century Jewish culture, women and men did not mix in the front room of a house. Beyond that, Mary breaks another rule, but not only going into the room, but sitting at Jesus' feet along with the other people that Jesus is teaching, those people being men. Only men were to sit under the teaching of a rabbi. And so this story is primarily about Jesus welcoming Mary through those barriers and affirming her in the midst of that, as a woman and as someone whom God loves and someone who is his disciple. So the point of the story is, is not just that Jesus wants us to sit down and listen to him and never to work again in the kitchen, but it is a calling to see ourselves as worthy by Jesus declared worthy by Jesus to sit at his feet and to see Jesus as worthy of listening to in the midst of a busy and distracted world. It's about who we think we are. Are you a disciple of Christ? Are you counted worthy by Jesus to sit at his feet? Mary, in daring to sit at his feet, had to resist the social pressure that would come with the judgments of Martha and anyone else in the house. She had to say no to what other people would think in order to say yes to Jesus' teaching. This is focus. When you can focus on what Jesus is teaching and block out what everybody else is thinking about you. And so ultimately... It is about how we identify and see ourselves as sons and daughters of God and therefore a disciple of Jesus. And when you know that you are a disciple of Jesus, and if you're in touch with who you are as his disciple, then you will naturally follow him and practice focusing on him. You will sit at his feet and let that be your number one identity more than anything else that tries to distract so what would that look like for you and me to sit at jesus's feet today what holds us back and keeps us from doing that are you distracted by the clamoring in the kitchen are you wondering about what others will think do you think that maybe Jesus doesn't want you sitting at his feet listening to what he has to say? Or is it possible that maybe you don't think Jesus has much anything good to say at all? What keeps you from sitting at his feet? Mary's posture before Jesus is one of, of soaking up his words like a sponge. And I envision this same kind of posture when I see David in the Psalms. In Psalm 63, he says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you. As in a dry and weary land where there is no water. So I have looked upon you in the sanctuary, beholding your power and glory. 
Just like Mary was hungry for the word of God, David is thirsty. He longs for the presence of God. And so he goes to the temple and he says that he is beholding the power and glory of God. This is really what worship is. Worship is beholding God. Have you beheld God lately? To behold, to, to, to put Him right there and hold Him there. To focus on God. Everything we do here on Sunday morning is designed to provide an environment for you to behold God. We try to do everything we can so that we're not distracting people, but we're helping people to focus in on God. We do that through the music that we play and sing. We do that through uh, the fancy sound equipment and fancy sound engineers that produce that music. We do that through the lighting and through uh, our videos and sermon images. Even our coffee has a theological purpose. That coffee is meant to go into your veins. Just in case you stayed out too late last night, it's, a, it's, it's meant to make up for some of that and help you for this small window of time for those neurons in your head to all be pointing in the same direction a good theology of coffee and if it comes down to the point where coffee is more distracting than it helps us to worship we're going to have to get rid of it i promise you i will warn you well in advance okay because i would hate for someone just to pull coffee away from me and so i want to invite and challenge you in this very hour every Sunday, to give your best. This is a great opportunity to practice your focus on God. I think if we can't focus on God right here, it's going to be hard to focus on Tuesday morning, isn't it? Let's practice here. What that means for us is, well, kind of depends on who you are and where you're at in life. If you can, try to be in here on time. Try to, try to have gone to the bathroom before Try to focus on everything that's being heard and said. Augie goes through the music every week and he specifically selects out songs. We don't just do bingo style where he pulls a song out and says, hey, let's sing this one. It's all meant for a reason and a focus. And, you know, one of the things that I, I love to do is if you find yourself distracted in worship or in your prayer time during the week is uh, keep either... Uh, a list of something like your, your uh, a pad and a uh, pen or you can even do this on your phone and if something comes to your mind just write it down real quick just write it down real quick and put it back to the side oh god i love you i begin to worship you oh yeah i need to get some ice cream at the grocery store you ever had that happen write it down got it it's 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 there it, I, i'll come back to you later come back and keep going okay when when you find yourself being pulled off find a way just to put it to the side and come back that's really the practice that we're talking about and you can do that in church as well okay if your stomach starts grumbling you're thinking about what you want to eat just 
I don't know, write it down, I guess, and then put it to the side, okay? So these tips, these are meant, these are meant to be ways that we can practice worshiping God, and that's really what we do here on Sunday morning. It's getting away from the daily rhythms of life and even the weekly rhythms of life and practicing adoring our God, beholding Him, worshiping Him, and we try to get that to happen on Sunday morning. And the reason we try to get that to happen on Sunday morning is because God is trying to get that to happen every single day of your life. The God who made you and the God who loves you is trying to get your attention. Do you know that? He wants your attention. And sometimes God has to, to, you know, the image of a, of a kid who's like looking over here and that kid's grandma grabs those little cheeks and, and turns those cheeks and says, you look at me right here, son. Sometimes God grabs our little cheeks and turns us to him, doesn't he? He does what he has to do to get our attention. Sometimes he even allows pain and discomfort. Perhaps that's what Martha's experiencing with all her anxieties in the kitchen. Until we come to a point where we say, this isn't really working, is it? I wonder why. Another way, though, and I think this is God's preferable way of getting our attention, is by beckoning us, by wooing us through the beauty of creation that we see every day. And and sometimes it's right there in front of me and I miss it. It's right there. Maybe through God's words and the Holy Scripture. And of course, through the power of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of the followers and believers in Jesus. Jesus had Mary's attention that day, didn't he? Mary didn't break all those rules to do something she was supposed to do. It wasn't an obligation. It was, it was, her obligation was to be in the kitchen. But she was hungry and thirsty and she longed to hear and to sit at Jesus' feet. And she did it. And she did whatever she had to do to get to that place. And then finally, maybe God will woo you or get your attention through another person. Mary could have been that person for Martha. You know what's interesting about this story is a lot of times we kind of give Martha, she's kind of the, she gets the bad rap in the story, but this story is open-ended. Nobody really knows how Martha responded in this story. Is it possible that Martha, when Jesus said that, felt this amazing sigh of relief. You mean I don't have to be doing all this stuff right now? Takes off her little oven mitts, throws them in the kitchen, and sits next to her sister Mary. How's that for a happy ending? Maybe Jesus needs to tell us that. And maybe he's using someone in your life to show you, oh yeah, look at that person. They seem to have a peace about them. I bet they pray. I bet I need to pray. God is wooing us. He is beckoning us. And so the question we're left with today is this. What do you need to do to get to the place where you can find yourself at the feet of Jesus? What what expectations have you placed on yourself or has others or society placed on you 
and you're trying to meet those expectations, and maybe God's just calling you to lay those to the side and go sit at His feet. What noise or distraction is around you that you need to just resist? I think noise often doesn't go away. Sometimes we just have to resist it long enough to where it isn't the primary focus in our lives. And that's not easy. It's not in my life, at least. But I think we're called to practice that. Another way of asking this question is, what do you need to do to behold God? To behold Jesus? What do you need to do to get to that place? The God that you have come to worship today longs for you to sit at His feet and be His disciple. And He is calling you. How is He calling you? And what does that look like? Let's pray together. Lord, if I'm just guessing, I would think that most of us feel like Martha. More than Mary. We're probably doing things that we think we need to be doing. And we might be neglecting the one thing that's the most important. Would you show us, O oh God, how to be your disciples? How to let you teach us? How to let you show us? How to let you lead us? And of all the things we have going on in the world, we bring all of those and we just lay them at your feet. And we invite you to come and order our lives. Give us the power to resist the expectations of anyone but you. Give us the power to resist the noise and distraction. And give us the power to see ourselves and receive the Spirit that bears witness with our spirit that we are sons and daughters and therefore disciples, apprentices and students of you. Come and speak to us today. In your name we pray. Amen.